0: Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to get started, but before we do, I wanna make sure you know about something incredible about to happen, which is Sales Girl Summit. This is our very first conference. It's happening on June 12th through the 14th. Now, we've done plenty of in-person like trainings and workshops and kind of larger scale events, but this right here, my loves, this is our conference. And I'm so excited to announce some Next level speakers. We're gonna announce that in just a couple of weeks. But you know, being a sales girl, it has nothing to do with the item that you sell, the service that you sell, the product that you sell, the off has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with being the girl that people want to buy from, that people want to say yes to before they even know the offer. It's about being the girl that is completely like world-class and has complete ownership over her industry because of how much command she has over her message. I'll tell you what, I'm starting to believe it's not even the person who is really the best at what they do, but it's the person that's best at communicating at what they do, who ends up winning and who ends up being known as the girl to go to for. Blank fill in the blank for whatever you do, and you know, our mission is to really create world class sales girls that can walk into a room and have an in, insane command over their message, over their beliefs, and just be so irresistibly charismatic that people um, are just so drawn to them. And if that sounds like something you desire to become, the sales girl summit is for you. So June 12th through the 14th at the face center, I've got a sneaky little hunch that once we announce our speakers, the event is going to sell much quicker um, than what most people are probably anticipating. So, um, I cannot recommend enough for you to grab your tickets. I've, I've heard a few people saying that they're going to get their Airbnbs with all their sales girlfriends, and I think that is so incredibly fun, um, but they don't have their tickets yet. So I cannot recommend, like I said, enough to grab your seat. Um, hopefully there's some platinum seats left. There will probably be some VIP and then def- definitely general admission. Uh, so we'll link it all in the show notes below, and I cannot wait to see you there. We're going to have so much fun and do our sales girl thing. We have so many surprises for you. Ah! All right, let's go. I'll see you there in June. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, you are going to hear very humbly from me, five pieces of hard feedback that I've gotten that have actually been game changers for The way that I see my work now, and I think that these apply to absolutely everybody. So if you can learn from my mistakes, then that is the dream. Because why learn from your own mistakes when you can literally just take my humiliation and get ahead of it? And you know, what's also interesting about feedback is maybe you're doing some of these things now and no one's telling you. And so you just keep doing it wrong. And feedback can be so hard, but it's the only way correction is the only way to keep getting better it can be tempting to trust our self-reflection or thinking about it or even watching back our own content or whatever the case may be but when you have someone who you admire you trust who can look at your stuff maybe it's the way that you speak the way that you lead, the way that you create something and just give you some loving feedback, that is a game changer. And lately I had this thought in my head about the difference in going in circles and going up the spiral and how different those two things are yet how similar they can feel. So you think about a circle, right? A lot of times when you're on a growth journey, it feels like you're going in circles. It feels like, man, I keep doing the same things. I'm just, you know, studying, I'm practicing, I'm leading people, I'm creating posts and whatever. And it feels like you're going in circles. And under the condition that you are pushing yourself to do a little bit more a little bit better challenging yourself to get feedback that is when you are feeling like you're going in circles but you're actually getting one percent better one percent better every day and that looks like going up the spiral right these like tight coils of like a slinky it might feel circular but you actually get to climb this thing this mountain which is really awesome and it happens just a little bit at a time so if you can take these pieces of feedback i think that you can be one percent Better without actually going through the pain of hearing it. But I do encourage you to ask for feedback. We've actually at the Guide Culture headquarters and I really think across all of our this is already true for our program because there's labs where you practice and a coach gives you very 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 specific feedback they're certified and trained and they know exactly how to give someone feedback that makes them one percent better so this is already a thing it's the only way to get better okay and we're implementing this across everything including at headquarters a culture of feedback because it is not worth staying the same it is not worth going in circles just because you're afraid of getting your feelings hurt. Feelings are temporary and honestly, you can decide that you're going to see feedback and maybe a little bit of a bruised ego as a good thing. So again, I will come and tell you all the ways that my ego has been bruised and ultimately I am stronger because I heard it. So the first one comes from Loy, piece of feedback from Loy I got. It was in one of my first ever labs. I was in cohort number two of our sales training. Now we are on cohort thirty-six. Hello, crazy. And this was in cohort number two back in 2018. And I was practicing, I was he was the, the only coach at the time. And so I was practicing for him, or really I was kind of performing my rep. And I finished, I think I was pretty proud of myself because I had done my homework. And he said, you know, I don't know if I trust you when you say it like that. I don't know if I trust you. And that is really hard to hear, incredibly hard to hear. And what he meant, I remember him saying that I was talking fast so when you talk fast like that i don't trust you and so i didn't mean to come off untrusting right but our intentions do not matter to the marketplace our passion does not matter to the marketplace what the marketplace cares about is how do you approach me how do you speak to me how do you understand me so it is the role and the goal of the communicator to fulfill every like gap it is completely our responsibility as salespeople, as communicators, as leaders to take on the complete ownership of how to speak right. So what I was doing in that moment was I was speaking from knowledge. I was speaking from what I personally cared about, which was skincare at the time. And I wasn't speaking from the heart. I wasn't speaking in a way that really had Loy in mind, me caring for him, having that heart of thankfulness toward him. And that that moment that, hey, you're talking fast, you're kind of coming off. Like excited might be the wrong word, but I'm going to say excited because I was excited and I did have passion and, you know, enthusiasm, I guess, but it was kind of empty enthusiasm. And that is when things come off salesy. And that is what Loy and the coaches are really, really good at is showing someone, hey, the reason you're coming off salesy is because there's not enough hearts in it. It's coming off about you and not the person you're talking to. And so, Again, that's when things can come off like you don't care about someone, even if you do. That's why you have to take full ownership over getting better as a communicator before you'll come off right. Tone and body language are actually 93% of communication. 7% is the words you say. And I remember in this moment, Loy was like, you're saying the right words, but I don't like it. (laughs) That's because my 93% was off. And when your heart is right and you speak from your heart, your body, your tone, your the glimmer in your eyes literally reflects it because people feel loved by the way that you communicate with them. They can feel your spirit. And that is why in the training, three of the pillars come around your attitude, your heart, your emotions, your mindset. And only 25% come around the actual skill and technique of what you say. And then you get coached on how you say it and the how that you say it should be demonstrated by those other 75 percent of the mindset attitude heart and emotion it's in the way that you're liked and trusted right well he said i don't trust you that is an entire pillar of the training so this is just really important i'm so glad he told me this because i could have you know done a sales training i could have kept showing up on instagram and come off weird and come off self-centered and just an excited person but it's a myth that people buy from excited people people buy from a spirited person full of spirit and love and belief for who they can help. And that is a distinct difference. You don't always know how to do it, but you know it when you see it. And that is very important. And it's also why you can't teach spirit, but you can help cultivate it in people and guide them through coaching and through feedback. And I'm so glad he gave me that feedback. It's changed my life forever. Another piece of feedback, two out of five. This happened in college and I was in a internship program where I was a dietetics major. So I went to school to become a dietitian. I did become a dietitian. And during my undergrad at University of Georgia, I was in a peer nutrition educator program. And this meant that as students, we actually got to educate about nutrition. So we were teaching different things and topics to different groups and we would practice on each other. We would practice as our peer nutrition educator group. So one day I'm giving this presentation And this girl who was a pretty decent friend of mine during my presentation, she's looking at me with these like scrunched eyebrows, like furrowed, like kind of the look of disgust that you have toward someone when you don't like what they're saying. And so this whole presentation, I'm like, what is her deal? Like, what is wrong? But I'm going to finish the presentation, you know? And so at the end, when we gave each other feedback, because that was a great part of the program was helping people become better educators. And she was like, I think either I asked her why she was making that face or she told me, she, I think this is what happened. I think she told me, Hey, you are like, you were like making this face the whole time. And I was like, Oh, that's why you were making that face. Cause I was making this face. So actually what happened and this kind of goes back to your passion. No one cares about your passion. I cared so much about this topic that I'm like determined. My brows looked determined and like kind of at, almost like, you know, that kind of tension you feel when you just want someone to get it. I'm like, for if you're watching this on YouTube right now, I'm furrowing my brows and it is not cute. Okay, It is not a peaceful face. Face. I am like determined. And there is a way when you know how to articulate and communicate and really leverage your message for someone else's benefit, you can actually come off much more relaxed. When you are confident in the, you know, structure of your message, you know it will resonate with someone at the right time. And so your body language and your tone can reflect that. But what she was doing was mirroring what I was doing. And so that is huge. Like just being able to see on someone else's face how awful that was to be looked at like I was being gross. It was actually because I was doing it. So now I know, maybe you know that Hey, you're kind of going back to what Lloyd told me, like the way you're coming off is like a reflection of the fact that you don't have it all together in here. So for me, not only was this just like a very simple lesson and like, hey, watch your face <laughs> because people mirror what they see, whether it's your arms crossed or, you know, playing with your hair or, you know, being closed off. Like in my case, it was just a very simple fix of stop, like doing that with your eyebrows and chill out. But it also was a inward moment of like, why am I doing that? Like, why am I so upset? Tight about someone getting my message, and I'm so thankful that gosh, this happened like six years before I learned how to sell, and it all makes so much sense. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that was the case because they didn't know how to articulate. But it also was a simple fix in that moment to know, hey, people reflect to you. So just be careful how you present yourself. The third out of the fifth thing is from my Macy, my sweet Macy, who will stop at nothing to make sure the people around her are the best they can possibly be. And she's amazing for it. So in early 2019, I was selling skincare. And that's why I took our sales training was because I wanted to do better and All this stuff. So Macy, as part of our skincare company, we sold a self-tanner. And Macy asked me about the self-tanner. And she said, you know, tell me about it. And I was, when I tell you, I was so uptight about how to sell this to her. Not because I wanted her to like, buy it so bad, but because I wanted to do it right. I actually knew she would like it. So I kind of did put this pressure on myself to say everything the right way. I mean, I was kind of like stressed about it. I'm going to be honest. And I finally just told myself to chill and that like I knew what to do because I was trained in sales. I ended up telling her that she like why I thought the self tanner was awesome and all the reasons that like it was great and specifically I was like hey it like goes on clear and it's like a really pretty color and I love it a lot especially after I take a shower and da and she this is in Instagram voice memos and she says hey i'm going to tell you this because i love you you need to stop talking about yourself you need to stop saying i i was telling her all the reasons i loved it and i was not curious about what she was looking for i was not helping her see why she could like it i did not have any this is again, this is like my intentions were pure, but your intentions do not matter. Your passion does not matter to the people you are selling to. It does not. You have got to curate your information for them specifically. And this is a skill set that you curate the information for them specifically. And I ended up just being like, wow, thank you so much for telling me that. And that moment will go down in history as probably the thing that has led me to this moment right now. Like I think if she had not told me that, I would not be sitting here because I would have never learned or, or I would have taken a really long time to learn. But even being sales trained, even knowing stuff like it's a lot of information that you learn in our training. and. That was just one of those things that was a very simple principle that like just, I was so in my own head that I did it wrong. I like sold to her wrong. My teacher, she was my teacher and such a great example of selling and I still messed up. And so I'm just really thankful that she told me to stop talking about myself. Because again, not only do people not care about your intentions or your passion, but they don't care why you like something because it might not work for them like it worked for you, unless you show them, hey, this self-tanner is clear. That means that you, can put it on before you go to bed and your sheets will stay clean like whatever I don't know what mattered to her in that moment I don't think we ever got there she did buy the self tanner she did like it and that was great and I don't think it would have happened had she not corrected me and had so much grace and patience with me the fourth thing was my in my first nutrition job out of my dietetic internship I had gone to undergrad I had done an internship at Emory University Hospital and I worked my butt off and I'm in my first job and I was giving nutrition presentations at YMCAs, and it was like the same set of five presentations. I had one favorite in particular. It was about body composition, and it was a really like interesting topic to me. Who cares? But like that's just how I felt. And I remember either my boss was just with me or something happened to where she watched it because I, I guess I was new. And she basically told me that it was boring and that I needed to tell this presentation, the sciencey presentation, more like a story. And to this day, I still wish I knew exactly what she meant. And I'm still trying to get better at making from the time that someone hears what your presentation is about all the way to the end, there is a constant thread, a constant message that can be tied through. And I think I was just being very fact-based and boring and she wanted it to come alive and to come into a story and learning sales skills and learning guide method. Okay, guide method is our method and guide culture, G-U-I-D. It's actually a story method. The whole thing is like one big story you can tell for someone to help guide them into a decision. And that has been life changing, absolutely life changing for communication and selling and getting a point across. And I wish I had it back then, but knowing that like, Hey, there, if someone's willing to be honest with you and just tell you that, Hey, this is boring. This could be way more alive Then maybe ask someone, ask someone to audit your Instagram, who you trust and just get better. Like you can get better. This is a lifelong skill that we're all elevating in, going up the spiral. And instead of going in circles, doing the same boring presentation, thankfully, this hard piece of feedback to this day, I'm like, okay, how do I take session two that we teach in guide culture and make it a story. How do I make it a story? How do I make it a story? You can ask anyone on our team. It's like something I like lives rent free in my head. And thankfully, like it's only thankful because this boss I didn't even like, and she didn't even like me, but thankfully she did give me this feedback because I don't think I would have felt the pain and the embarrassment of this needing to get better. And so I just encourage you, like not only to get the feedback on if something is boring or falling flat, but just challenge yourself to always just assume that it could be better better. Assume it could come more alive. Assume it could be more like a story that you're telling that invites someone in and helps them see, oh, they are the hero of the story. Oh, they can benefit. They can see themselves in the shoes of a winner when they use your product. So it's just so awesome. And again, that is the guide method structure that helps you Do this really, really well. And you will not be a master at first. This is like a toddler learning to walk. It's kind of awkward and bumpy. And then eventually you're like, oh, here's how it flows. Here's how I can put my spin on it. Here's where the personality comes in. Here's where it can be customized. Like it is so much fun. And you just have to start somewhere to go from boring to alive in the way you present. Okay, the last one is like one of it's not the worst. I think Aloy's is probably the worst or Maisie's, but this was one that I last minute remembered and also stays with me to this day clearly these are all like years ago and i just cannot let it go because feedback should burn a little bit if all your feedback is like you're doing a great job like blah 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 then you know it's probably not true there's probably some way that you can be better and surround yourself with people who make you feel this way when i was at emory university hospital doing my internship i had a lot of different preceptors they were you know the people who were supervising me under that certain session or whatever time at the hospital. And every single time you would finish a thing like um, a round, I guess you would call it, we would get feedback from them. So it had almost always gone pretty well. I don't remember a lot of the feedback I got except for this one. And this is a really, really, really hard preceptor. I like wanted her fired. I'm ashamed to say, but I really did. And this was before her feedback, but she was the only one who gave me feedback that hurt like this. She said, you don't have good follow through. And she said it like mean, which is fine. I'm glad she did. I don't remember the other feedback but she said you don't follow through very well and you have good ideas but you don't do stuff with them like you like would bring me an idea and then like not doing anything about it and i don't know like why that is the case i guess because following through is like hard it's like awkward you have to go talk to people that you don't know and like get help and you have to like go do stuff. But what was so good about that feedback is one, it's a weakness that I'm always working on, like to this day with our team and just in my own life. And I know I always say this, but it is so true. As soon as I got into the guide culture bubble, and I really started to see myself as a professional, as someone who is a leader, who could sell, who could serve people, I really started to take follow through more seriously, like follow through on my own ideas. And I will tell you, one of the reasons for that is because of a tool that we have, that we all live and die by at Guide Culture, and it's daily deposit. It's a very simple journaling practice, not a journaling practice, actually. It's kind of like, it's a marriage of a planner and I don't know, it's like a science-based planner that's very, very efficient. And mm-hmm. this was like an accountability piece to following through. And what happened is the confidence I had in my work, tenfold elevated. And I think that that would happen for absolutely anyone. If you struggle with follow through, get a daily deposit, get a journal, get some sort of accountability in place and watch your confidence soar because the relationship that you have with yourself, it starts to be trusted you trust yourself and you see like okay even though that was awkward you reached out to that person you followed up with that person you asked that person if you could partner with them like the good ideas you have mean nothing unless you follow through on them and it's not good enough for you to text your friend i mean no i'm so guilty of like i'll text macy or courtney or someone and say oh here's like such a great idea and like oh my gosh cat like that's such a good idea guess what i have to go do something about it it is not on them to go execute my idea i have to go do something with it or help you know rally the teammates to make this idea happen. And that takes work, right? So, If you struggle with follow through, I'm just telling you, you have, this is a a necessity. Just assume that someone gave you this feedback, just like someone gave me this feedback, let it burn for a minute and get better. Get a daily deposit, hold yourself accountable. And the nice thing about daily deposit is the kind of quote to-do list. It's actually only five things and they're important. Like no one is going to be on your back to say, hey, did you follow up with that person about doing a co-presentation? No, no one is on your butt about that but if you were to do that you might grow your business you might get new prospects you might get new sales it's hard and it's awkward but that's how you build confidence in a relationship with yourself that you are someone who is growing and you're getting one percent better every day you're pushing yourself and you're getting uncomfortable if you are not uncomfortable you are not pushing yourself so I encourage you, if you have big dreams, big visions, okay, follow through on them. Follow through on the next step. There might be a mountain in front of you, but let your next step up the mountain be something that you take regardless. And get some accountability in place, and let it be you. Let yourself be your strongest, most trusted accountability partner, because you cannot wait for someone to do it for you. You cannot wait for someone to be there for you, because a lot of times, a lot of times, not every time. Of course, you can pay a coach, which is great. A good coach will hold you accountable and challenge you that I got some great oh I'm gonna add a bonus a bonus six piece of feedback from a coach but a lot of times our accountability partners can be friends in business who will end up complaining okay so it's a little bit of a tangent, but just be your own most trusted accountability partner and you will watch your confidence soar and you will see your results coming faster than ever. And it will be because you weren't following through on your ideas. You were putting it off till tomorrow, putting it off till tomorrow. Uh, It's not a really good day. My kid like slept in. Uh, My kid is like whining. Oh my, you know, something came up, this came up. You can't live like that forever unless you want to not see the results that you want. If you want to see the results that you are made to see and follow through on your good ideas because you do have good ideas and you can do it. So rally the troops, get creative and do it and watch your life and your confidence soar. Okay, ready for bonus, hard feedback, number six. So this was also after I had learned to sell. I know that these are like out of order. It's not a big deal, okay? This one was also after I learned to sell. After I took sales, our sales training, I was not on the team at all. Just in case you're wondering, this is 2019 and I hired a business coach because honestly, I did not, I was only in the second cohort. And so I did not look to guide culture. I did not look to sales skills to like fill every void in my business at all. I, th- I saw it as like, okay, this is like the next step and now I need to like use it and go do better and better and better. And thank God, like I did stay in it. I took every single training and all that stuff. I like, it was a constant in my life, but it wasn't the only thing. So one thing I did do, and I, and, that mindset took a lot of pressure off the training itself. I had no context. There were no quote wins at the time I took it. I was just like trusted Macy. And I mostly I trusted that this was the next step for me to learn how to be confident communicator. So anyway, so I hired this business coach and I'm posting on Instagram and I'm using like guide culture language and it's all going pretty good. But the sales were like kind of rocky. I was still really new at this. And So I would ask her, hey, will you go watch my stories and let me know? And she was like, hey, you're doing a really good job, but you're not doing a call to action, which is a very simple principle in sales. Like get some sort of agreement, ask some sort of question, whether it's in a poll. And, you know, at this time, there was like not very many tools. There was not polls. So I could have just said like, hey, like, Let me know if you are interested in this. Just ask for engagement, and that was a piece of hard feedback where I was like, "Dang, that's embarrassing. Like, I should know that." But it took her reminding me, like, "Hey, you gotta like ask them to engage," and I did that, and I kept getting better at it. And now I realize, like, "Hey, if someone is struggling with their sales, especially after taking our sales training, like, how direct are you being? How direct are you asking for the sale, asking for the engagement, asking for the opinion of this?" Person on the other side of your Instagram stories or caption or email or podcast, you know, what are you asking for? Because if you're not, then no wonder you're not getting any answers. So there's a whole lot that we can unpack with sales messaging, but that's not for today. That specific feedback was hey, you're not, you're not doing a call to action. So no wonder you're not seeing the conversations that you want to see. And that is bonus number six. So going back to the whole point of this, ask for feedback, be open to it, get people around you who want to challenge you. And if you have to pay a coach to do that, great. If you are thinking about taking school of sales, you can be excited that your coach cares about giving you feedback in your lab. You get individualized coaching on this, which is massive. And just challenge yourself to be better. In the, I would kind of say in the back hallways of guide culture, we have like Slack channels when you're in school of sales. And then also when you are a member of our graduate program academy, there's also places there to get feedback. And that's our culture. We will not stop unless you get 1% better today, because that is the best way to live. It's, it's who people want to buy from is the person who's walking the walk, who's challenging themselves and really just leading the way and being the example. So be that person and know that even when it hurts, it is for your good It is for your good and everything that makes you stronger, that it will challenge you. It will challenge you and strength makes life so much easier and better and more fulfilling. And I hope that you take this to heart and that you enjoyed this topic. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.